Satnam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I are appreciative of your vital role on this planet in an ever-growing global community. For it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. As we all may know or may wonder, chanting is just a form of vocalizing syllables. Man means the mind or now. Tra means projection. And so a mantra is the projection of a syllable from the mind. And all syllables, no matter what the language is, are made up of vowels, which create sound, and consonants, which direct sound. Consonants don't have a sound of their own. This mantra, this mind's projection through, through syllables, is a universal language. It's not a language of Sanskrit or Gurmukhi or Aramaic or Hebrew. It's what's called the expressive language, the indicative language, as opposed to a communicative language. A communicative language holds ideas and and transfer those from one person to another. Indicative language is a language of, of urge and surge. And what that means in mantra is that these, these syllables urge and surge in the body to open the body up. And what we're focusing on in these particular classes right now are what medical science calls, for short, embraining, which means multibraining, because they're discovering tremendous amounts of neurology in the gut, which in fact was the first brain early on, before we really developed any of the other brains. And they're experiencing also and discovering tremendous amounts of neurology in the heart. And this is something that yogic science, Meta-science has been experiencing and utilizing for millennia. And there is a mantra that goes with it. It's the sound of ma, which is the sound of mother, because the gut brain is all about nourishment. It's about connection and nourishment. It's where the umbilical was connected to the mother for that nourishment. And so for the rest of our inhabitants within this physical body, our gut brain is all about connecting and being nourished. We don't actually connect with our head. We connect somewhat with our heart, but the majority of connection is through the gut. And that gut brain connection is our connection into the three-dimensional world, the world of of height and width and depth. The sound of it is ma, which is why a mother is called ma in almost every language, ma or ma ma. The language of mantra and the gut brain 
are so deeply interwoven that there are a lot of different syllables that activate the gut brain. As I said before, vowels produce sound, consonants direct sound. And so when you use the consonant of M or N or B or B or P, what ends up happening is that you close off the mouth, which then when you make a sound after that closure, it forces that sound down the esophagus into the gut where it warms that gut. And that's why when you have a good meal, you go, mmm, because that mmm is just like an abbreviation of the, of the syllable ma. Mmm, mmm, ah. Mm, ah. The sound of the heart brain is the sound of the lungs taking in the air of your breath. And the heart brain sound is saw. That's a way of like mm is ma, s is saw. And so the heart brain sound is sa. That's why there's this thing called sat nam, which is that expression from the heart. Sat mm. These are how mantras work with the physiology and the three brains. The head brain has many sounds. Ong, when we chant Ong Namo Gurudev Namo, the Ong is a head brain sound. Ya is a head brain sound. Ho is a head brain. Ho, it opens up this area here and opens you up. And the reason I'm talking about this is because these three brains are a gateway or a doorway to your higher consciousness, the higher dimensions. And these brains work like hinges on a door. For the majority of humanity, because of the way in which we were born and raised, for the majority of humanity, the only brain that is being used is the head brain. The heart brain is about giving and forgiving, giving and receiving. Forgiving means giving forward or receiving all of the time in this moment, all of the space in this moment, having nothing discarded or irregarded into the past, but having all moments coalesce into now. That's the nature of forgiveness. Forgiveness is not telling something or someone that what they did was okay. It's not it at all. It's taking all of our investment in that not okay moment and bringing it back into this moment where we can be empowered by it and therefore make absolutely certain that we're not a victim to that circumstance once again. So forgiveness is an act of self-reclamation, reclaiming the self into this moment to be fully alive and aware in this moment. And that is the heart brain. And this world has very little forgiveness. A lot of grudges, a lot of bias, a lot of things that don't make the world fully present in this moment. 
And the world is also not very connected because the food that's being manufactured in the world is not actually, in many cases, not actually food. The fact that there has to be a particularly special indication that something is not distorted, non-GMO, organic, non-this, non-that, is, is unreal because all food is doing is determining what does the head brain want based on the tongue. Taste good, taste bad, right, wrong, good, bad, yes, no. That is the nature of the head brain. And we're running a world on right, wrong, good, bad, yes, no. And that's why we believe that we can create laws which are going to be obeyed. And as we move further into this time, we will find that there are more and more disobedience to absolutely every law that there is. More and more disobedience that has now become the norm. Or what is called neurodivergence. Divergence from the norm of what was thought to be the case. And so as your consciousness hangs in the doorway of the three hinges of the three brains, you want to activate each of these brains. And that's one of the things that we're going to be working specifically on in today's class. So that you activate each one of these brains so that you actually can swing the door open into the fifth dimension, which is the universal mind. Get all of the information of the universe. The sixth dimension, which is universal time. Get all time, past, present, and future, to coalesce into the now so that you can see where everything has come from, where everything is is inferred to go to so that if in the now you need to make a shift in the angle to change the future, you can do it based on knowledge, based on the wisdom and knowledge of learning how to adjust the angles of now to allow the momentum of the past to become a different future. That's what we, as those remarkably advanced beings, including all of you, are engaged in now, either in our frustration or in our, our articulation. We are engaged in that process. And the seventh dimension is the universal space, where all space becomes that single point. And so the fifth, sixth, and seventh dimensions, which are the ones that we can understand from the second, third, and fourth dimensions being translated, beyond that eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh, etc., are beyond the comprehension of the brain at this point in time that's encased in these five sensory uh, processes in the physical body. But the fifth, sixth, and seventh dimension are the dimensions of your higher awareness, are dimensions that you can use to create magic and miraculous occasions in this physical universe. And that is what is needed in this time of extreme population. Eight billion people 
We need to learn how to live with one another. We cannot live under one person's rules or one person's ideas or one person's or even one culture's. We need to be able to merge and tolerate. And it's not survival of the fittest. It is survival of fitting together like the old growth forests do. All of the old growth forests fit together in their extreme complexity. And so as we use this door of our consciousness swinging on the three hinges of the three brains, suddenly our lives begin to have that condition of standing in a proper, stable, balanced stance. We feel, no matter where we go, we feel that we're on top of our, whatever you want to call the cliche, on top of our game. We're on top of our game. We're breathing consciously and intentionally so that we can breathe in to believe in, which is engaging the gut brain and the heart brain as the breath sits in between. And all of a sudden, the fullness of our connection and our nourishment of our giving and forgiving serving and receiving. And then all of a sudden, open up your voice, rejoice, rejoice. Open up your heart, let the music start. All of this begins to project. And the sensation is one of, wow, the experience of life is truly rewarding. No more of the head-brain dominance, right, wrong, good, bad, yes, no. Is that a good person, a bad person, a right person, a wrong person? Is this this? Is this that? Is this that? Is this that? All of these things begin to come into us quite naturally because the head-brain and the heart-brain and the gut-brain are operating coincidentally cooperatively, coordinatedly, so that they're all working together and they are like a dance, like a band, like an orchestra. And they take up the slack. And your life becomes a life of fulfillment. That's what we are looking for. And in that fulfillment, as our lives begin to open up to that capacity, as I said, the fifth dimension is when you open up to the universal mind. You still gain the input from those people around you, which is called the screen of life. The screen of life is the screen that surrounds each one of us with people and places and ideas and, and even timing. Timing and spacing, virtual timing, virtual spacing. And that is important, as is our grounding. We need to be grounded in our genealogy. We need to be grounded in the earth. 
And as we ground ourselves in these moments, it allows us to have an even greater reach so that all of this can reach upward like a tree. A tree can only extend its branches to the degree that it has extended its roots. And we can only extend our reach into consciousness to the extent that our stance is gripped and firmly rooted into the earth. And as we do that, we work with our ancestry, which is another thing that we will be working with. And as that all comes together, we have this silver cord, spelled C-H-O-R-D. One of you, a few months ago, told me that it would be better if I spelled the silver cord, C-H-O-R, and I'm a student, I learn from you. C-H-O-R-D, because in fact, it's just a vibration. It's a vibrating cord. But the silver cord is that which connects us to the universal mind. And that universal mind is giving the signal for our life to exist as the silver cord imprints right here into the thymus gland. And as the silver cord comes down, it comes down through our auric field and it comes down through our arc line. And all of this information is coalesced. However, and this is the point, we don't pay attention to this if our door is not swinging freely. If our door is not swinging freely, all we pay attention to is the screen of our life. What people are saying, what other people are doing, what things are happening. What we want to do is we want to open up so that we are aware of all of this, but we're also aware of how can we alter it to be confident that the infinite universal mind, but then it wouldn't have rhymed, can take care of it. We're so fortunate. Uh -huh. Yeah, to be confident, fidence is faith. And when you open up this throat center, that is faith. And that is the opening between the dominating head brain and the heart brain and the gut brain, is that throat. Your voice, whether it's the words that are, you're speaking to yourself inside yourself, or the words that are you're, you're hearing from others that are outside yourself. It is the voice. So you want to open up your voice to rejoice. Rejoice means to get back into joy. Joy being the base quality of the emotional body. Joy. So now we have that opportunity. And what I want us to work on today is I want us to work on this awareness of how 
these various parts of our body are functioning. When I have suddenly a bad moment, and just like you, I have them, of course I do, a bad moment with somebody, a bad moment about something, a bad moment within myself, I suddenly go, okay, door's not swinging on the hinges. What hinges are working? What hinges aren't? And I go through and I balance myself. And when I go through and I balance myself, the same situation that was causing me grief, that was causing me trouble, that was causing me irritation, doesn't change. But now it's causing me to see the meaning in my grief. The reason for my struggle. The lessons in my irritation. And then I take that step and I absorb those things and I journal about them. I'm constantly journaling, constantly writing it down. I believe in what Einstein believed in and he said, I use paper for memory and my brains for discovery. I don't know if he knew about all three brains, but he said my brain for discovery, but I've altered it to say my brains for discovery. Paper, memory, brains, discovery. That's how we want to operate. And so what I would like you to do right now, since you've been listening to this, I would like you to go get your journal or get some paper and a pen, or if it's sitting right next to you, pick it up. And I want you to just start writing about you. How does your gut brain work with you? How does your heart brain work with you? When have you noticed it? How have you worked with it before? When have you been able to recognize that it exists? And go ahead, do that, and we'll be right back on the next stage of this time together this day. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.